The time to invest in Africa is now. That was a message hammered home at last week's France-Africa Business Summit, which saw the French government position itself as a new investment hub for Africa. Yet many French companies still shy away from African markets, and bilateral trade has fallen. Can France reclaim its status as Africa's main European trading partner? And if so, on what terms? That's what I went to find out in this week's Spotlight on Africa. Agnès Pannier-Runacher, France's Deputy Finance Minister, tells entrepreneurs at the Ambition Africa Forum that France's relations with Africa from now on will be simpler, stronger and exemplary. The two-day forum, billed as the flagship event for French and African business leaders, comes at a time where bilateral trade has fallen and competition has gone up. Jean-Baptiste Lemoyne, the French finance minister for Europe and foreign affairs, brushes this competition aside, saying France has what it takes to stick it out. I think that um, our view on investing in Africa is really different uh, from the Chinese. Uh, I mean, the French uh, are uh, uh, very focused on uh, human investment uh, also. Uh, our companies are here uh, for several decades and uh, they, they promote sustainable uh, investment and not, uh, I would say, uh, one-shot uh, investment. Nevertheless, French exports are losing ground to more competitive players such as Germany, and China is now Africa's largest trading partner, according to the French Council for Investors in Africa. To distance itself from its competitors, Paris is tailoring solutions for small businesses, the backbone of Africa's economy. It invited more than 500 African business leaders last Wednesday to network with their French counterparts. But if Africa may be willing to do business, French companies are still reluctant, reckons Masadek Bali, the director of Aslai Hotels based in Mali. When you see the progression of China on the continent, it's just because they, they had the right mindset, the right approach to Africa. The French people, they come, well, the French business people, they come with so many prerequisites, so many compliances, which make them maybe more aggressive on the African continent. What is the Chinese mindset? How does it differ from France? They are business minded. They are not going to first do all the assessment we just talked about. Is your investment safe? Yeah, maybe they, they, they have these kind of questions, but these kind of questions does not refrain them from coming and investing. Because last year I talked about a French businessman who wanted to sell us some, uh, some stuff for our hotels. And when I, I said, yeah, I like your product. Uh, why don't you come to Bamako? We have a business discussion. He came back to me and said, well, in my company we have a policy. We cannot go to Bamako because when you go on the French Foreign Ministry website, they say that Bamako is in a red zone. I said, well, fine. I called the a Turkish businessman, the next day he, he flew a Turkish airline, he came to Bamako, we, uh, we, we, we made the deal and he went back. Other critics like Freddy Zanga, who runs a chamber of commerce connecting African businesses to the rest of the world, accuse France of still viewing Africa as its former empire. During colonization, France behaved like a big brother, like a father to his children. Today, Africans are demanding respect and want to be treated like a fair partner. For that to happen, no topic should be taboo, and we must address the issue of currency. We can't be completely independent if we have a system controlling our currency. That's not independence, and everyone knows it.
The CFA franc is used by 14 nations in Western and Central Africa and requires these states to deposit 50% of their reserves into the French Treasury. Some see the currency as a stabilizing force, while others as a tool of neocolonialism. French President Emmanuel Macron has argued that the gradual phasing out of the CFA franc should be implemented if that's what Africans want, and has insisted on a new relationship with Africa. Critics, though, are wary that France's renewed interest in the continent will entangle francophone countries in their old shadow networks. Christophe Le Courtier, head of Business France behind the Ambition Africa Forum, says that won't happen. We've deeply learned from the past and we've understood that if we want to remain a major partner in the African continent, we have to behave dramatically differently than what we did 60 or more years ago and what are doing uh, other nations, other competitors in Africa. Without quoting any particular country, I have myself uh, witnessed that in some African countries there's already lots of tensions between companies coming from Far East countries or others and local people. Uh, this is something we really want to avoid. France is pushing for deals that create domestic jobs and transfer skills and technology to extricate itself from charges of neocolonialism. It's also branching out beyond its former sphere of influence to Anglophone Africa. President Emmanuel Macron notably visited Ethiopia and Kenya this year. But while these countries may welcome Paris's charm offensive, they insist upon being treated as a real business partner. Robert Ahomke Lindsay is Ghana's deputy trade minister. I think sometimes, not just in France, in many countries, Africa still has this very romantic notion of uh, poverty eradication, poverty reduction. I don't know anybody who likes being less poor. I don't even want to look at the word poverty reduction. We want to get rid of it. We want to create wealth and opportunities for young Africans, young Ghanaian men and women. And to do that, you have to change your mindset. To do that, you have to see Ghana for what the potential is, which is business. And when you have that, we believe that that kind of discussion is more sustainable and beneficial for both France and Ghana. For decades, business in Africa has boiled down to microcredit and charity, with the continent's fortune still linked to development aid from its former colonial powers. That mindset needs to change, reckons Ahomka Lindsay. We need to create strong SMEs, which are the backbone of any economy. We need to create wealth. We need to create opportunities for people to, to control their own lives. Let's take a very simple example. France is a key part of the value chain of Airbus. We have aluminium, a lot of it. I don't think France has many aluminium here. But there's an opportunity to put part of that value chain within our bauxite industry, integrated aluminium industry in Ghana. That offers an opportunity for jobs to create it in Ghana, but also jobs for France, because perhaps we'll create some of the chassis in Ghana to be assembled somewhere in France. And that is where you begin to find win-win. With some of the world's fastest-growing economies and a young, rapidly-growing population, Africa represents a strong potential for investors. But the continent still faces financing gaps, particularly for small businesses and entrepreneurs who fail to access credit. For Kenya's housing minister, Charles Hinger, private sector capital is what's needed to plug the gap. Kenya is here in France, uh, first of all, because uh, we as a country have got investment-ready opportunities and we believe that this is the next frontier um, in terms of the relationships. It is how can we be able to attract private sector uh, capital uh, into 
um, to complement the amount of work that as government we have put in. We have, in the last uh, 20 odd years, invested about $50 billion into infrastructure. But that infrastructure now needs private sector to come and set up manufacturing plants. Uh, we are a bit of a consumptive uh, society. We want to become a productive society. The infrastructure is in place. The legislation is in place. The tax incentives are there. We want smart partnerships to come into Kenya. More than 300 billion euros is required to fund entrepreneurial projects across the region, according to the French finance ministry. Finance Minister Bruno Le Maire wants Paris to play an active role in raising the necessary funds. A private equity fund run by the French Development Bank has already pledged 2.5 billion euros for entrepreneurs and small businesses. But Le Maire, who was absent at last year's inauguration of Ambition Africa, insists that the public sector alone cannot deliver Africa's transformation and that the private sector too has to chip in. For Nigerian businessman Tony Ilumulu, the founder of the Ilumulu Foundation, who accompanied Le Maire, these investments must be long-term. Africa is blessed with young population, but what we are not so blessed with is the access to capital. So if President Macron is setting up, proposing to set up the investment fund for African entrepreneurs, is most welcome, is what we need. Elsewhere, female entrepreneurs like Aude Dutuan, the founder of Women in Africa, argue that women should also be part of France's strategy. The women is the future of Africa. The future of Africa, and I, um, I think here in uh, um, Ambition Africa, there is not enough uh, women, and uh, it's not normal because uh, African women have a real uh, role uh, to play for the future. The Ambition Africa Forum ended with pledges for mutually beneficial partnerships and with a firm message from the government that the time to invest in Africa is now. The event also had a political message. It was designed to show France's competitors like China that it won't be cowed. And for stakeholders like Guinea's agriculture minister, Mariam Kamara, the strategy worked. France has a cultural advantage over its competitors in French-speaking countries like Guinea. Because when a Chinese businessman or Russian comes, there's a language barrier. They can only do business in French, or at times in English. But most Ghanaians, for the time being, only speak French. And that tells you a lot. We share a similar culture with France. We count a lot on France, and France must also count on Africa and on Guinea. France's interest in Africa comes with challenges, first and foremost being to reassure critics that its much-professed win-win partnership for all is substance and not spin. You've been listening to Spotlight on Africa this week with me, Christina Rochello. A special thank you to my guests and a special thank you to you for listening. Until next time, stay tuned to RFI.